0: Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of Full Measure After Hours. This week, we update a story that we've been covering on Full Measure, the huge sexual abuse lawsuit, the class action suit by upwards of 95,000 people against the Boy Scouts of America. There's been a major new development in a story that we've been reporting on on full measure, and that is the sexual abuse lawsuit, the claims, against the Boy Scouts of America by upwards of 95,000 people, most of them grown men, who alleged that when they were children, they were sexually abused by male Boy Scout leaders, and volunteers. A very, very sad story with shades of the scandal involving the Catholic Church, where also over a period of many decades, gay priests were accused of molesting young boys and the Catholic Church was accused of covering it up. Likewise, as we'll discuss in just a moment, victims claimed that the Boy Scouts of America as an organization was part of a cover-up in the institutional abuse that was taking place Within the Boy Scouts. Well, the new news about the Boy Scouts case is that the organization has reached a settlement worth about $850 million with more than 60,000 men who claim that as boys they were abused by men within the Boy Scouts organization. This case or this group of cases is said to be actually much larger than the ones filed against the Catholic Church and ones such as groups of claims filed over alleged abuse of young women involved in USA Olympic gymnastics. As it so happens, the investigation that I did on this big case involving the Boy Scouts replays on full measure this week, Sunday, July 25th. We are in reruns as I research and begin shooting news stories for Season 7 that begins in the fall. But it's well worth watching this week's rerun, and or referring it to your friends has a lot of interesting background about what's alleged to have occurred all these years some information that's turned up in previous lawsuits about the alleged cover-up on the part of the boy scouts organization before we talk a little more about that i want to point out something that i think is interesting in the new york times story written about this on july 2nd 2021 you could search this yourself and take a look it's called Boy Scouts agree to $850 million settlement over abuse claims. Again, the New York Times. And one thing that struck me as I read the story, which is pretty lengthy, is that nowhere in the story do they refer to the victims as being children or boys at the time of their abuse. Isn't that strange? In fact, the term they use repeatedly is people. It's almost as if they went out of their way to avoid describing this case as what it is. It's a sad story about predators, most of them gay men, preying on almost exclusively boys. Some of the victims young enough that the crimes qualify as pedophilia. Others past the age that would qualify them as victims of pedophilia, but still children nonetheless. And I'm thinking how purposeful and artful you would have to be to write a story about this and not refer to any of that. A subheadline in the New York Times says, for example, under an agreement one lawyer described as the tip of the iceberg, the organization would pay tens of thousands of people who said they had been sexually abused over several decades. Well, they're not just people, they're men who said that they were sexually abused as boys by grown men over several decades. The first sentence in the article uses similar language. The Boy Scouts of America, it says, reached an $850 million settlement agreement on Thursday with tens of thousands of people who said they were sexually abused by scout leaders or members over several decades. Nothing about children or boys or male predators. The sole reference I can find to anything close to that comes in a quote from one of the lawyers representing a group of the boys, which is called in the article, claimants, not men or former Boy Scouts. But in the quote, the lawyer says that it's the large settlement of child sexual abuse claims in United States history. So that's the one nod to that horrific detail of this group of cases. Again, in the next sentence, the New York Times calls these victims claimants. And almost in an effort not to acknowledge that the members of the Boy Scouts and the group of claimants are by and large boys or men who were abused as boys. The New York Times article talks about the Boy Scouts as an organization that shaped the values of millions of children. Actually, I think that should say boys. So again, they get through the whole article without using these terms to describe the alleged victims. I wanted to see if the Washington Post did something similar because There are trends in what I consider sort of propagandistic language that's adopted by media organizations, ways of terming things or ways to avoid saying certain things, as in this case. I really don't think it used to be that way or as common, at least in my experience over many years working at CNN and CBS. But now it's almost as if there's an agreement inside the industry among some of the big players, particularly in the left-leaning publications like the New York Times and the Washington Post to use certain terminology and not use other terminology. It has nothing to do with factual accuracy or basic news coverage. It has to do, in my view, with furthering certain narratives and avoiding others. So what did I find when I looked at a comparable Washington Post piece? Again, this one's from July 2nd as well. It's titled, Boy Scouts of America settles for $850 million with more than 84,000 sexual abuse victims. Well, something similar in the terminology in the Washington Post as well. It calls the victims people, not men or men who claim to have been abused by other men when the victims were boys. It's almost, again, as if they are largely avoiding that elephant in the room. So in the first sentence of the Washington Post article They, too, use the word people. The Boy Scouts of America, it says, reached an $850 million settlement Thursday with tens of thousands of people who say they were sexually abused when they were Scouts. I think that should say with tens of thousands of men who say they were sexually abused when they were boys over decades, or Boy Scouts. They do go a slight step further than the New York Times did and characterize this as a child sexual abuse case, so at least... There's a nod to the fact that the victims were children when this happened. But again, they use the word people. The lawsuit involved more than 84,000 people who claimed sexual abuse dating as far back as the 1960s. Later in the article, the same term, the Washington Post talks about the staggering number of claims and a lawyer who represents about 1,000 people who have filed abuse claims in court Perhaps it's neither here nor there, but it's something that just stands out to me as somebody who's in the industry. I kind of imagine the reporters writing a straight-up story initially that makes reference to children and boys and the abusers as being grown men. And I picture an editor or editors scratching out those words and making sure all of this reads without those references, whereby the abusers and the victims alike are just people. Now, back to the news of the settlement. This is something that the Boy Scouts, the organization, had said it was necessary to do, come to a settlement of some kind about this time, about summertime, in order to survive at all, because they are in bankruptcy protection over all of this. That's how these cases came about, in fact. They filed bankruptcy protection, and as part of the process, they reached out and offered a certain period of time for people who said they've been abused over the decades to file a claim so that they can try to put all of them to arrest in some sort of global settlement and hopefully they think survive or at least have the boy scouts name survive and move forward. The Boy Scouts issued a statement about all of this and said, quote, "This agreement ensures that we have the overwhelming support of survivors for the Boy Scouts of America's proposed plan of reorganization, which is a key step In the BSA's path, Boy Scouts of America's path, toward emerging from bankruptcy, bringing these groups together, says the statement, marks a significant milestone and is the biggest step forward to date as the BSA works toward our dual imperatives of equitably compensating survivors of abuse and preserving the mission of scouting. This has to be approved by a bankruptcy judge before it actually goes into effect. And the last report I saw was that there would be a hearing on all of this coming up in the next week or so. More on all of this, including some of the background in case you missed it after a short break. Do you have something to say and want to make your own podcast? Let me tell you how to do that for free with Anchor. Anchor has creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. You can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's all you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We are back and talking about the proposed $850 million settlement that the Boy Scouts of America has come up with for tens of thousands of men who claim they were abused as boys by homosexual men who are either Boy Scout leaders or volunteers. Think about the scope of this. It was something like 95,000 people who filed sexual abuse claims when I first did this investigation some months ago. This aired originally on March 21st this year. And if you watch the repeat this coming Sunday, you will hear the story of Philip Clark, He's talking about what it was like for him back in the 1980s. He was a 12-year-old Louisiana boy. And I think like a lot of kids whose parents signed them up for Boy Scouts, he was the son of a single mother who thought that the male influence would be something positive in his life. So mom signed him up for the Boy Scouts. And at first, he said he thought it was a great thing, that he had a good rapport with male leaders and volunteers. But the first abuse that he talks about was when he was among the boys handpicked to report alone to a scout leader's tent on a campout. And he describes what happened. It uh, started supposedly with the leader asking Philip, as the boy, to take his shirt off so that he could put a badge on it, which doesn't make a lot of sense, except if you're a boy and you trust this man, as Philip Clark says he did at the time, you don't expect. What happened to happen? And after Philip Clark says he suffered that abuse, he left that troop. But believe it or not, he says more abuse came when he joined a different troop in his neighborhood. And this time it was some male friends of the Cub Scout Den mother who were involved in the abuse. This has clearly traumatized him all of these decades later. He says it's pretty much impacted every aspect of his life. So, a little bit of background. I referred to this briefly a few minutes ago, but this lawsuit, these claims, were basically started by the Boy Scouts themselves because there were a number of lawsuits being filed across the country. And the Boy Scouts apparently did some sort of figuring and audits and investigations. And according to one of the lawyers for the former boys, who are now men suing, the Boy Scouts apparently determined that they had tremendous liability and they thought that they could either continue to litigate in regular court, and this could go on forever and be massive and really drag out over years, if not decades, or they could make the decision to go into bankruptcy proceedings and try to make a reorganization that would settle all of these cases in a global settlement so that they could move forward. When you're looking at so many stories, 95,000 plus, you're gonna find all kinds of tales from all across the country and I isolated a few of them that I found in this story that I reported on for full measure. For example, there was a former scout leader named David Cress, who was accused of giving boys as young as age 10 liquor and showing them pornography before raping them and threatening them if they told. He's now serving 15 years in prison. He is a predator, technically qualifies under the law from what I understand as a pedophile because he was attracted to boys who had not yet even gone through puberty which is apparently the definition. There was a former Boy Scout Catholic chaplain named James Glosson. He's serving 40 years right now for sexually assaulting six boys, one of them developmentally disabled. There was a former scout leader named Matthew Baker. He got life in prison after molesting boys as young as age eight and allegedly trying to have some of them killed. A former scout leader named Ronald Rowcliffe pled guilty after boys said that he grabbed their genitals while adjusting their shooting stance, apparently doing some sort of Boy Scout shooting range activity. A former scout leader named Carlos Acevedo is serving a life sentence after raping a 12-year-old and selling him for sex with other men. Imagine this. There's an ex-Boy Scout volunteer named Thomas Delesky. He was found dead in prison last year. He was serving 45 years for abusing six boys. There was a former scout leader named Daryl Fisher. He's sentenced to 18 years after sexually assaulting boys and forcing them to change a soiled diaper that he wore. David Watkins, serving 30 years on 36 counts. Interestingly, he defended the sex that he had with the boys as consensual. There's Arthur Sorensen Jr., 15 years in prison after charges involving child porn and rape there's scott wartman bruce quick michael kelsey all ex scout leaders convicted of criminal charges these cases are not hard to find sadly and what made the boy scouts as an organization so potentially culpable is something called the pervert files according to a lawyer representing a lot of the boys this is a group of files or lists of individuals associated with the boy scouts who'd been accused of child abuse or child sex abuse and the Boy Scouts allegedly maintained these lists and kept them secret without notifying the police in cases where it's alleged the police should have been notified, without notifying parents of children that should have allegedly been told. Now, the Boy Scouts, they have a different story as to why they maintain these extensive confidential files. They say the goal was to track these incidents but keep sexual abusers out of scouting and to move them out if they found allegations whether they could be proven or not. But within those files was one really big case, for example, a guy named Douglas Nail. He was accused of molesting some boys at a Boy Scout sleepover. This is back in 1984. And he was allowed to quietly resign. Well, because there was no police notification, he spent the next two decades coaching youth hockey after he left the Scouts. And eventually. As a youth hockey coach, he was accused of molesting an eight-year-old boy. And in 2004, 20 years after the Scouts had first flagged him for this alleged abuse, he was convicted on federal child porn charges. The problem here, of course, advocates for victims say the Boy Scouts had an obligation to do something more and that Douglas Snail could not have gone on to abuse and molest more boys had the Scouts acted appropriately at the time. Now, the Boy Scouts has said, when asked about this, that, quote, nothing is more important than the safety and protection of children. New policies include a multi-layered process of safeguards, a ban on -on one-on-one encounters between adults and children, criminal background checks, and mandatory reporting of suspected abuse to police. Nobody from the Boy Scouts would do an interview with me. And in fact, when I was working on the story, we found some scout leaders at the local level who agreed to speak with us to give the Boy Scouts side of things and to talk about how they could move forward from here. But those people all canceled on us prior to the interview with the idea that I think they said the national organization had asked them not to do the interviews. But I'm always reaching out because there are many sides to a story. I mean, there's no defending child sex abuse, of course. But the Boy Scouts has other facets to it as an organization than, of course, the abuse. And my producer did find a former Eagle Scout and former Scout leader named Chuck Pazeski, who did do an interview with us for my story. You'll hear from him, too, in the report this coming Sunday, talking about how the Boy Scouts moves forward and why he thinks it's still very much valuable as an organization and that it should survive. I hope you'll check out the program this Sunday. And yes, as you know, if you've been listening to these podcasts so far this summer, my crew and I, we've been all over the place already researching, gathering information, and beginning to shoot interviews for more original reporting on our upcoming seventh year. I just can't believe we've already completed six years, but our year seven of full measure begins in September. I believe we start the second Sunday in September. And I will continue with podcasts throughout the summer, including When I'm Traveling, to far-flung locations. So I hope you'll continue to follow Full Measure and these podcasts. Americans are rightly alarmed by the increasingly tight grip on the news and information by special interests, corporate interests, and big tech. In my new book, Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism, I tell the important inside story of how we got here and the Orwellian world where we will find ourselves if the course isn't altered. Pick up a copy of Slanted today. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I hope you'll check out full measure every Sunday throughout the summer. We'll be back with a new and fresh season seven, our seventh year, beginning in September. I hope you'll check out my other podcast, the Cheryl Ackeson podcast. Subscribe to both of them. Leave a good review. Share them with your friends. Do your own research. Make up your own mind. Think for yourself.